I've been able to create a sound that I completely am happy with. From UTR Media, this is Green Room Door. Hey friends, I'm Dave Trout, and it is my privilege to bring to you some interviews with artists to help you get to know the heart behind the music. And today we have a great show. Um, In the second half of the episode, we'll be talking uh, to Atlanta-based Roots Soul artist Micah Dalton. Look forward to you getting to know him and his music a bit more. We're going to begin with a conversation with Dove Award-nominated artist John Tibbs. He's an artist on a very unique path right now uh, just because he started as an indie artist, was signed to a record label uh, there for a couple of years, now back to being an indie artist. Um, And we're going to talk about all those transitions Um, He was a part of our Wild Wild Midwest tour back in spring of 2017, Um, but we didn't sit down and do an interview at that time. Um, It was just a chance for us to get to know each other, though. Uh, That was great. I actually reconnected with him um, just a few weeks ago uh, and uh, recorded this interview um, at his kitchen table, yes, in Nashville. So um, uh, you'll hopefully enjoy this conversation with John Tibbs and... Uh, we're going to let you hear a little bit of his music first. In fact, you might have heard this song on the radio. Let's kind of go back in time to, um, you know, just just tell tell me your story as far as like your desire to pursue music as a career. Yes, totally. I um, so I was on staff at a church in Anderson, Indiana, and I always expected to be on staff at a church. Um, but as I was on staff at the church, I had an album come out. Um, and people didn't have to purchase it; they just entered their email and their area code and all that stuff, and people started passing it on to other people, passing it on to other people, and it did awesome. And, you know, I'd, I really didn't have any certain ideas or expectations of it. It was just tunes that I was hoping would encourage people, but they but they kept passing it on. So out of all that came, came a ton of offers to go out and do gigs and tour, and it got to the point where I had to pick and choose if I was going to be on staff at the church or tour. And that was a hard decision because I truly always expected to be on staff at a church. Um, and, you know, same time I was our only source of income. Um, and so I was like, how can I sing songs and eat? <laughs> that sounds ris- <laughs> it can be a risky thing, right? <laughs> uh-huh. Yep, totally. Um, and and yet all those doors just continued to open up. And so 2013, uh, after Easter, um, I stepped out and started um, touring full time. And then that autumn, I did a Kickstarter campaign where people could pre-order a second EP, and that was awesome. And Audrey Assad heard the last EP I did, and, and this was just during the season when Audrey stepped out of, you know, being an artist um, under whoever Audrey had been under at the time, and um, had decided to go. Indie, basically. Yeah. And um, Audrey had heard that last EP and said, hey, I'm going out on tour. It'd be great to have you as an opener. So that was such a, wow, yeah. you know, such an awesome opportunity. So out of all that, continued to um, continue to tour. And then, you know, just like everything has kind of opened up an opportunity after that and an opportunity after that. And so, again, it was like I... <laughs> I didn't expect to get into everything I'm doing. Um, I always thought I was going to be honest after the church. And, yeah, right. Um, um, and, you know, so that was in 2013 when I started. And I just enjoy everything I get to do. And so um, I'm so appreciative of every opportunity that I've gotten. So let's just take the next step. Um, wh- where did, um, y- you know, you... you shortly after this had some interest from record labels. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. So, so what was that like? Yeah. So, um, uh, and, and just a little bit about, you know, who I am that I'll talk about, um, 
and it comes to our like our upcoming songs. Um, but just to tell everyone's tuning in, I have a a, a stutter, uh, and so you can totally help me out. <laughs> uh, but um, so there is this guy, and I always have a hard time articulating his name. So you can help me. Yeah. Um, it's a W E B B. Yeah, Web, Derek Web. Uh, thank you. Yeah. So he heard the the two albums that I'd done, and he had been under a company called FT. They used to be called INO. Yeah, right. And and so and so he was going through a season of he was getting out of his thing there, and he was like, "Hey, you should talk to this guy." And so, um, I mean, honestly, it kind of happened like I mean, <laughs> instantly. I um. Uh, I was going out to do some concerts, and I got an email said they would be interested in talking. So A um, and R and I, we had gone out to eat, and we had, um, you know, you could tell there was some interest there. And so after that, I went to their offices and played a couple songs on acoustic, and then I had an offer. And you know, it was so comical because it was like after I think people heard that I was going to offer out of FT, then all of a sudden I got offers from a bunch of other places. So, yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> so. Um, so, um, yeah, I did our first album that came out in 2016 uh, under FT. And, you know, so I like that. So so I started full time independently April 2013. And that deal was done the April afterwards. And the first record didn't come out to 2016. So I did a big season there. I was just in the studio honing in on songs and just touring a ton. Uh, and so, the, you know, then the album came out in 2016. And um, when it came time to do album two, I decided to go back to being indie again. <laughs> yeah, uh, that's that's sort of an interesting transition, um, partly because and and I I've talked to you about this off mic, but but um, when when Fairtrade sent me your album and said, hey, you should check this out, I think it has some potential for UTR for the UTR yeah. audience. You know, I just kind of rolled my eyes because anytime a, a CCM record label yeah. sends you something, you just know what yeah. to expect. And and I remember just starting to listen and kind of in my cynical way, and then immediately going, "Oh my goodness, this is totally different from what you would expect from someone in sort of the CCM world or yeah. on a CCM label." And so um, it, it it almost sounded like you were. I mean this in the best way. Yeah, uh, an indie artist. Yep. Uh, you know, on the on label, record label, and and uh, so in some ways, it, it actually, you know, you becoming an indie artist again actually ma- makes a lot of sense to me. But yeah. But tell me about that. You know, you transitioning um, into the indie world again. I don't know if there, there's. I'm sure there's pros and cons to that decisions. But yeah. But you know what what has that been like? You know, it has truly been awesome and. And I think the industry continues to just, um, you know, it's like people just don't like purchase albums, yeah. you know, at this point. Uh, and, and so that has changed and changed and changed. And the experience, the opportunity I had, you know, FT was certainly awesome. Um, it helped in a ton. But in a big sense of it all, it's like I kind of figured out, I think, how these bigger companies operate. And I started to kind of, think about who I am as a person who I am as an artist and all the art that I'm creating. And I think that I'm able to do this as an independent. Now that said is I, I'm technically indie in the sense that I own it all and that I cover all expenses, but I have a team, you know, like I have, I have, I have a big team basically. So, you know, um, in the situation I had been at FT, there was a lot of, hiring out different different people and different teams to help us. And so I was like, if I'm able to be in a situation that I get to choose, you know, how often I put content out, um, the overall kind of like purpose and intent um, in our songs and, and, you know, helping be intentional to guide the expectations and the outcomes of it um and if i'm able to do everything that they were able to do uh and own it that would be a great situation and so i just started saying yes to every gig opportunity (laughs) and you know um all those doors open uh and so it's been a it's 
it has been an excellent thing because I've been able to create a sound that I completely am happy with, that I, you know, completely got to pick and choose. Um, and at the end of the day, it's like, I think that's the most important thing because I'm the guy who's got to tour it <laughs> and sing it night after night after night. And I think it truly comes out of a very, very honest place. And that, you know, creates an opportunity to even connect to the people who are tuning in, I think, deeper. And then the other side of it is that I feel like I'm really happy because I'm not... Uh, I think I had been concerned early early on when the idea started kind of coming up in conversation about going indie again. I was concerned that I wasn't going to have a team help get it out there. And it's like, if I'm able to create great art, but it's but it isn't getting to the audience then that's you yeah. know and and yet because because of the situation i'm in and just truly because of how the industry has changed um i've been able to do that and so you know it's kind of like i'm extremely happy now because i'm able to create something that i pick and choose yeah and i'm able to have the opportunities to be sure that that audience that would be into it gets to hear it. Uh, and then I own it at, um, at the end of the day. And that's not, you know, such a big deal, but it is in the fact that it kind of just helps mm, make things easier so that I can keep doing this. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, the follow up question is, uh, I'm really intrigued to know, um, and you talked about kind of honing your sound and, and you kind of can own that experience. So tell me, what um, what is that you know kind of returning to your indie roots and, and kind of be, being an independent artist and being able to kind of be the in, the decision maker for those things? How has that affected you know the work on your new album? You're working on the album Heartland. Yes. And you know does that does that change? Does that shift for you actually affect? The, the song, uh, the songs, as far as the writing, as far as the production, like your choices in those matters, how do, does it affect the actual songs? Um, I think it definitely changes everything because the expectations on the outcome are completely different. Why don't I throw my hands up? Why don't I walk away and shake the dust? There's something burning in these veins They can kick me down, but I always get back up Gonna get back up Hope's been blowing on the flame And I won't back down because You won't let me go You won't let me go It's like as before, it's like you have to try to be true to yourself and yet give a company something that they're able to put in and out of a system um, to have income. And that's tricky. <laughs> and, um, and that is uh, difficult. And, um, and as opposed to this situation, it was like how honest can I possibly be? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And that was it. Because, um, you know, at the end of the day, it's like I think the earth is big enough. There's enough people out there that there's going to be an audience out there that's into something that I'm also into. Yeah. And it's just being intentional to create something that's completely honest. And then after it's done, then seeking that audience out and giving it to them, basically. Yeah, yeah. So... All right, so tell me about Heartland. Tell me about, like, what is the... Is there sort of a, a kind of some themes that have emerged as far as the songs that, that, that are coming out? Yeah, totally. Well, you know, in the in the opening album, um, I talked um, 
often about this thing I was talking about earlier. And it was like, ever since I was a kid, I, um, um, yeah, ever since I was a kid, I have had a, a stutter and, um, you know, as a tour all over, that's definitely, you know, turned into an issue. Um, and, you know, it's a struggle I have, but I think if all of us are honest, all of us have our own issues. And, and I don't necessarily understand how certain things happen to certain people, um, but I do know that um, that Jesus is is in everything. And so that whole first album came out of a season of honestly just just uh, attempting to be okay. In that, you know, having a hard time talking with something as a kid that I was really intentional to hide. Um, you know, I saw doctor for doctor. I picked up on all these things about how to skip over having a hard time talking. And that was good. I think (laughs) as a kid, um, but as an adult, especially touring and introducing yourself to, you know, tons of different people, um, it became something that that was getting all the attention. And because of that, I was kind of keeping people out. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so, through the whole season of, you know, telling people about that and, you know, um, it created up or sorry, it created a lot of opportunities for people to also be honest back and, you know, just turn over. It's like, I came to terms with if all of us are seeking out that, that thing that's perfect and all of us aren't okay all the time, yeah. you know, right. And it's being okay in that. And I started, you know, just truly thinking about that whole idea about bringing heaven to earth. And it's like all of us are after that. And, you know, I've experienced that over and over and over again that this earth is imperfect. And I have this innate internal kind of like urging to to help be a part of bring heaven to earth. And, and that is in how I connect to other people. Um, and so all that to say is, you know, I haven't ever experienced heaven, obviously. Yeah. Um, and yet the tiny little pieces I have seen that I would connect as something as good. And that would be, Uh, H O M E home. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, uh, I was in Kentucky till I was six and grew up in WPA and then went to college in Indiana and I got hitched out there to a girl who is based out in Indiana. And it's just like, I associate home to that part of the U S. And so that's kind of how the whole idea of, of heart land is an image of bringing heaven to earth. And so that whole, you know, tune that talks about that, innate urging to bring heaven to earth. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. 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 We were, <laughs> before we hit record, we were just talking about Rich Mullins and I was yes. just thinking about that. You know, there's a lyric that he, you know, if I, if I weep, let it be as a man who is longing for his home. Wow. Yes. Wow. You know, that's it. You know, it's that like, exactly and, it. and, and we, we, uh, I think are all yearning for that. The yearn, you know, cause we're, even even in our own sort of earthly houses, our 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 homes, we, we want to have that place of peace and security, and 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 I think that is in a way bringing heaven to earth. It's, it is a, a a small taste of what real home Absolutely. is. And uh, yeah, and I I kind of grew up in a uh, you know my maybe maybe it was just sort of my church denominational experience or whatever, but I kind of grew up in this idea that like heaven was heaven was always sort of this escapism mm. like like um you know like the song i'll fly away yeah you know like 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 kind of kind of escape your earthly troubles and and kind of live in the existence of heaven and i have switched i have changed and i love that your album is focusing on the idea of bringing heaven to earth because i think um our existence as hum- as human beings is not to escape um, our reality, but but to find redemptive practices totally. in our reality. Yes, totally. And it's like, you know, things aren't ever, um, like, sorry, how, I'm I'm trying to think of how to articulate this. It's kind of like, 
um, things are not ever going to be perfect until you are completely in the presence of Jesus. But if Jesus is in us, yeah, then I can get tiny pieces of that. And, um, and so that is what this whole thing is about is trying to ex- experience it and to be intentional to seek it out and then to hopefully create it to be experienced when it comes to other people too. Right. Passing it on. Yeah. So, um, I just recently talked to Andrew Greer and he said that he helped you on a song for this album. He did. What, tell me about that. Yeah. So that, that song. So, um, you know how this, how this day and age is, is that, you know, it's all about like different you know tunes. So, this project, we're basically pulling out every single song and giving it is its own emphasis um, before the project's out, except that one is going to be out by the time the whole thing's out. Um, and that is a special song. Um, I owed it in a season where it felt like everything was changing. <laughs> and, um, and I... W- wasn't really too sure if I was going to be okay. <laughs> yeah. You know, and um it is definitely a extremely honest song and um uh I took it to Andrew you know cuz Andrew's so awesome and it's kind of like anytime you talk to him it's like oh um like he he creates an opportunity to be honest. And um and uh, and so he kind of helped tie in this whole tune, and I'm so excited to get it out there. Where I first saw that light and heard the story of angels one this fight, walls were raised, and my heart split in two, so I'll burn the candle, because I don't know what to do. Do I run or do I hide? I think I'm dying inside. So raise the cup and here's the light. And, you know, I think I attempted at all least is, is to be extremely honest in the song yet to keep it open so that it could translate to a different person in their own circumstance. Yeah. yeah. But well, I, I think Andrew also said that you have to be contractually obligated to tell everyone at all times that that is your favorite song on the album. <laughs> I, he, he just... I, think he, I don't think I signed that. No, I'll have to ask him no, about that. <laughs> I, I think he's really he, I think he's really proud of, of yeah. how oh, it turned out too. Yeah, so, so that's good. Um, so are, are there any songs um, that, that kind of... Uh, surprised you at all like um, uh, in the making of the the songs like just maybe just some production choices or whatever that were like oh wow that that uh, that that kind of made a cool left turn that I didn't expect oh I love how that turned out like that really surprised me yeah so um, on our uh title track um i was able to bring in a um so i was able to bring in an additional producer on it so i two on it and i had never done anything if kason and um and so kason and ben and i tackled this song and i think with just because of its tempo and its tune, it could have easily turned into something else. And yet they were able uh, to keep it kind of that earthy, um, you know, essence. Because I th- think just because of the imagery in it, you kind of had to do that. But yet they were able to give it its kind of like epic attitude to yeah. it also. Yeah. And oh, I want to go.
I was really concerned about that one, um, just because I, you know, had never been in that been in a situation where I, you know I had two producers on it, and it is a song that could have easily become something else. But I'm so happy with how it turned out. Um, yeah, so happy with that one. Yeah, that's cool. That's cool. So um, now, as people are experiencing your music, um, whether it is the kind of recorded work or um, or even the live experience, what what do you kind of hope that the listener experiences walks away with? What, what is your desire for them? That's good. That's, yeah, man, that's a good question. I hope. Um, I hope that people hear that I'm being honest and that in that, in that honesty, there is a connection, um, and that that connection gives them the freedom to be honest to. Cause I think that if, cause I mean, I just think that being honest is, is so important and that hope and peace comes out of a honest heart. Um, and so I just hope that it gives people the ability to be who to, uh, to, uh, I, I, sorry, I hope it gives the people the ability to be honest and, um, and that in doing so that they're able to encounter Jesus. Um, and you know, I hope that, you know, especially in the opening half of it, these are pretty up-tempo songs, and I hope that they're just able to, like, turn it up. <laughs> yeah, man, totally. That's good. Um, okay, so my last question, I, I just want to kind of depart from the whole stage music scene. Yeah. Get out of the studio, get out, you know, uh, and, and maybe just I'm going to give you some rapid-fire questions okay. about uh, maybe uh, just – to kind of get to know you a little bit better, yeah. uh, just uh, some of your favorites, some of your likes. So I'm just going to ask you some things and just see what see where this goes. <laughs> so so um, do you have a favorite podcast or audio uh, radio program, something like that, that, that you're really into? NPR, every Sunday night, yeah. all things considered. Nice. Yeah, I'm, I am a NPR like diehard. So yeah. Um, yeah, definitely that. That's cool. I'm actually kind of a newbie to NPR. But okay. I've really been digging what they've been producing. So. Well, and they just do a ton. Like, yeah. Like, you can go there and get access to, like, everything. Oh, yeah, so. totally. It's, yeah. Like, there's some really cool stuff. I think it was actually the podcast Serial that kind of. Serial's awesome. Kind of, like, brought me in. To so, the. Into the NPR fold, <laughs> yes. So. It's all there. Okay, your favorite restaurant. Oh. Whoa, I wasn't expecting that one. I know. It changes daily, to be honest. That's, that's I good. I enjoy good food. Yeah. So today, my favorite restaurant would be, there's a taco uh, outlet here in East uh, that's called uh, M-A-S. Mas. Mas Tacos. Mas Tacos. Definitely king. Nice. Nice. Today. <laughs> okay, so, um, so you are married. You yes, have a lovely sir. wife. Can you tell us a favorite, like, date night? What what would what would sort of the ideal date night be for you guys? Uh, honestly, you know, I tour a ton, so a enjoyable date night for us is going out and getting something great to eat, and then bringing it back home. Yeah, and then just being yeah. at home. <laughs> yeah, totally. Uh, so, um, but that is pretty pretty typical. Um, so I would say special things was. Uh, um, there's a producer, um, well, I'm not gonna be able to spell his last name, but it's a, he, he, he is also an artist, um, under the alias, uh, B-L-E-A-C-H-E-R-S, uh, Blatchers? Nope. No, E-A, uh, Bleachers. Bleachers, thank Bleachers. you. Got it. Have you ever heard of him? No. Bleachers? No, never heard oh, of him. Oh, okay. He's incredible. Um, he's produced, I mean everything and then he does his own thing oh uh, cool anyways his stuff's yeah. amazing he was in town on tour the the other night him and i got to go catch him in concert and then go to dinner before and it was incredible oh wow. um like his concert just did not stop <laughs> it was 
awesome. It was like two hours of just constant and just <laughs> hit after hit. So I think that, you know, when it comes to dates that I've enjoyed in the past, uh, outside of just being at home together, it would be that one. Yeah. Okay. A favorite book that you maybe have read in recent months or years? I'm currently going through the, uh, people are going to be so so angry that I can't do this, but it's like, I forget if it's the autobiography or the biography. <laughs> oh man, I need to go back to English class, but I, I'm pretty sure it's the autobiography of a Springsteen. Oh, um, yeah. yeah, I've, I've, uh, I cracked that thing open and it's excellent. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah. Do you have a favorite, um, TV series? Ooh, uh, again, changes with the season, yep, but because yep. Halloween's coming up, I have to say, uh, sure. Angel things. Absolutely. Yes. <laughs> That's a good answer. <laughs> um, and, uh, okay. So my last of your favorites, okay. when you are just kind of out on the road, out touring, traveling, what's sort of a favorite thing that's sort of an add on, just to make your traveling extra fun, extra, you know, just a nice treat for yourself. Totally. Uh, definitely seeking out a excellent, uh, coffee. Yeah. In the area. Um, yes. You know, there have been a lot of places where that has not been an option. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then there's, you know, a ton of places that are just excellent. So that, I I try to get to a place early, set everything up, and then have a couple hours where I can go and seek that out. <laughs> so that's, that's yeah. awesome. Yeah. Uh, thanks, John. Thanks for being yeah, a man. part of the show. Thank you so much. It has been a real treat getting to know um, John Tibbs, mostly uh, just in the last few months, um, and getting to hang out with him has been a blast. So hope you've enjoyed this time, and um, if you want to check out his new project, it's called Heartland. It's available on iTunes and Amazon and wherever you buy your music. Well, this is the month of Thanksgiving, and we just want to say we are especially grateful this year for you. <laughs> yeah, you are listening, so thank you. <laughs> You're a part of this community. We don't take that for granted. Uh, also, there's a you that's very important to us, and that's many of you are financial contributors, supporters of this ministry, which is a 501c3 nonprofit. So we couldn't be here without you. Uh, we couldn't do this podcast or the other podcasts that we do or the videos or the blog posts or the album downloads or the events or the retreats, <laughs> any all these things that we do to support independence, uh, music that's well-crafted, faith-inspired. Um, you help us do that. So thank you. And uh, coming up at, on Black Friday, all the way through Christmas Eve, we're going to have a one-month campaign called Build-A-Thon 2017. And it's really a chance for you to become a part of the support team if you're not already on it. So just prayerfully consider how you might get involved. And then as you see some of the posts and some of the notices about it, I encourage you to get plugged in so that you can help us continue to do what we do. And hopefully um, we will be serving both you as well as uh, many, many artists well in the year to come. We want 2018 to be our best year yet, and we can do it with your help. Thanks, guys. Uh, coming up in the second half of the show, we have a conversation with, oh, you're going to love this guy, an amazing acoustic roots soul artist, Micah Dalton, after this. This UTR Media Podcast is brought to you by the new album from Lisa Weyerhaeuser. Growing Light by Lisa Weyerhaeuser is her first solo album in over a decade, produced by Matthew Clark.
Growing Light by Lisa Weyerhaeuser is available at iTunes and at lisawarehouser.com. Available now, live at Escape to the Lake, Volume 4. The full-length album, Live at Escape to the Lake, Volume 4, features exclusive performances from the 2017 retreat, including songs by Branches, Andy Gullihorn, Jimmy A. Begg, and several more. Best of all, it's available for free, and any tips will 100% support UTR Media. Find Live at Escape to the Lake Volume 4 now on Noise Trade or at utrmedia.org. This UTR Media podcast is brought to you in part by the latest release from critically acclaimed artist Sarah Groves. Abide With Me is a new collection of classic hymns by Sarah Groves, recorded at Art House North. The new album by Sarah Groves, Abide With Me, is available now at iTunes or at sarahgroves.com. Welcome back. Oh, I am excited for our interview guest for the second half of the show. Some of you may have never even heard of him, so this is going to be a great introduction. Uh, I'm excited for you to hear our conversation with Mr. Micah Dalton. Uh, he is a fantastic singer-songwriter out of Atlanta, Georgia. Uh, he's the founder of the ATL Collective. He's also currently one half of the duo Dwayne Shivers. Um, and this uh, interview um, took place actually three and a half years ago. For for a little while, it didn't really work out. The timing didn't work out for us to air that interview when we were under the radar. Um, and then he was going through a transition, kind of. Uh, he stopped re- performing and recording as a solo artist and he was just launching the Dwayne Shivers thing, which is something he still does. So it didn't fit uh, to air it at, at other times. And uh, finally, you know, some some time has passed, and I think that he has wears multiple hats and is not afraid um, to play as a solo artist or the duo or do his own thing. Uh, so uh, before we get to the conversation which was recorded at Escape to the Lake 2014. Yeah. Um, and there are some uh, some questions from the audience as well that you get to hear. Um, but uh, first, let's get a taste of some of his... This is some of his solo music as Micah Dalton. Because I couldn't see decide that you wanted to pursue music as like a, a, the full-time kind of career path of your life yeah um i think i was i was pretty young where the in the, the scope of the vocation was really attractive to me i remember being in seventh grade and making album covers and track listings with no songs and then you know in high school starting starting a band and really loving the entrepreneurial aspect of it and but then also um really loving connecting enjoying connecting with people and then sort of just documenting uh 
figuring out a way in which I sort of document my life and experience and um, develop an aesthetic and a sonic template in the studio and all these things could become uh, valuable to people and sold and, and um, you know, all of that, that process became uh, attractive to me, I think, at an early age so that when I was... Um, in high school, I really, I really knew that I wanted to do it. So that when I went to college, I was starting to play on the weekends at pizza shops and wherever I could. And I was involved in the church, so at different youth camps and these types of things. So um, I would say, I would say, pretty early on in, in college or late yeah. high school. Yeah, that's awesome. Now, one thing that I love about your music is that it reaches a really broad audience, and uh, I think it's. Um, very accessible. So I'm interested to know, um, given the fact that um, there's probably people from all different walks that kind of get into your music and appreciate it. So how do you see your faith sort of informing the art that you're making and, and, and you know, kind of just the in the process of songwriting? Yeah. I think that they, that my spiritual journey is synonymous with uh, the quality of my output. So I, I think that anything that is good is, 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 from, is from God. And I think that when I'm connecting with him as the main source as creator, that, um, that, that, that I feel like there's normally a, um, a direct kind of uh, play into... Um, the quality of my work, and sometimes that that involves uh, direct, you know, d- directly addressing God through metaphor or or story, and sometimes that um, that plays out as a lament or it's completely confessional. Um, but I, I feel I feel the more detached I feel from myself, um, therefore God, the less uh, I guess uh, sticky and 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 robust i feel like my writing and my music and uh, become so so there's a direct cor- there's a direct correlation there in terms of stylizing it afterwards and the way it goes into the studio that's a completely different process but the reason i liked wanted wanted to become a singer songwriter is because um I, again i was introduced through i remember i remember seeing seeing uh water deep when i was a teenager you know i was very much wrapped into christian music but uh, I remember seeing a singer-songwriter on the stage, and he, he just—he it was just him and his guitar, and he would share songs between just stories between songs, and I thought, man, that's just such a such an exciting and risky place to be. I'm so mm. enamored by that space. Yeah. Like anything could happen to that guy. <laughs> yeah. There's all not many people here either. You know, it, it just—it's so exciting. So that coupled with. Um, Really, um, you know, the idea that, and I, I know a lot of people that would did even even maybe Christian artists that would say it's it's not it's not my spiritual my spiritual journey is not reflected within my work and and I, I don't I don't see it that way I see them as very much tied up together yeah and I don't see it playing out as Christian music in terms of how it's marketed and yeah right and sold at all but I do I do feel that the two are two are very much connected in, uh, in my in my work that's awesome yeah. that's a great answer. Um, can you tell me a little bit about um, one of a uh, song that I love is "On My Behalf"? Yeah, just sort of the story behind that. Don't even want to dance. It'll make me sick. If you said those things all on my behalf, all on my yeah, so on my behalf, I was a was a co-write in Nashville with a songwriter named Trent Dabbs, and um, we 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 probably wrote that one. It was very quick. I don't know. Either hit, both of our schedules must have been busy or something. It was we had like three or four hours, and uh, we we didn't know what we wanted to do. I think I think either me or Trent had it, had had a feel to kind of on the guitar of. And then a lot of times when you write a song, you know, the feel informs sort of what you want to say. So um, 
I, uh, I had this, this idea of the sense of betrayal between brothers and between, between friends, uh, that I, that I want, I think that I wanted to come across and, um, or address within song. Um, but it's very, it's very, it's very cloaked. Like you don't know how the song plays, plays out. Um, but I think I, I wanted to, I wanted to address it in almost like a Steinbeck way or like a very, in a very classic literary way where you're just sort of hinting at, um, this, this idea of a character saying something on behalf of someone else and it, and it, and it betraying them in, 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 in some sense, um, but I don't even know. I don't even really know why. I think we wrote it so quickly. We wanted to hint at something, and maybe it served us well to, yeah. to where we didn't know overthink it. But yeah. but I wish I I wish I had a better answer for that question. <laughs> actually, I don't even know. <laughs> hey, that's part of the fun of yeah. you know. You, you never know like when when a song can connect. You know, it's like some people might pour years over a song that never connects with those people as much people as the one that yeah. you spent two hours on you know now that i think about it too i think there's a line in there that says one step closer to our meeting place usually it's pleasantries this time it's not the ca- this time it's not the case and i think uh i'm not i'm not a confrontational person at all mm-hmm. in the least bit so sometimes in dealing heavily with anxiety sometimes you walk yourself through what you would need to do potentially to, in order to, adro- to, to really go through a, con- a, si- a situation of conflict or addressing something like this. Yeah. And I think song- songwriting in some sense can be cathartic for that because you're walking yourself through, oh, what if I did have to yeah. really have a major, what if something crazy happened in my life and yeah. I really had to address it full on as a man uh, in a very significant way. So I think sometimes that comes out subconsciously in a song where yeah. it's not even happening in your life. Um, but what if, and I'd have to, if, if I want to be a person of character, you know, to some degree, I'd have to be able to do that. So maybe songwriting is a way of walking yourself through the process maybe before it comes in order so that you're familiar when it emotionally does happen. Wow. That's awesome. I love that. Um, just, uh, I guess it's more of a general question, but what are, what are some of the things that are like your biggest inspirations when it comes to writing a songwriting in particular um what are the things that just tend tend to continually inspire you yeah well it's it's uh it's 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 i guess it's more more books and reading than it is actual music uh you know to to some extent I, i i feel like musically i'm more interested about on doing less than i have you know i I, I used to really like a lot of different styles and um, just want to explore to use the, you know, to use the studio as sort of just a, a place of complete exploration, limited, limited rules, you know. Um, but, I, but I think that I was inspired by um, a lot of 60s and 70s songwriters, um, the, Neil Young, Bob Dylan, Paul Simon, but then on the on the other on the other end, a lot of a lot of soul records, sax records, Muscle Shoals. Uh, uh, there's a, vo- a vocalist that I just realized, and probably everybody knows this guy, but Clarence Carter, a blind guy that was on Muscle on Muscle Shoals records, sang this song "Slip Away," and it's it's my favorite vocal performance of all time. Wow. And I saw the documentary just came out about it recently, and uh, uh, so guys like. Clarence Carter, turns out, who I didn't know, I knew the song, but I didn't know that he was the one that sang it. Bill Withers, uh, Donnie Hathaway, people that um, had an element of si- singing, uh, of soul singing. Um, but then I really like the storytelling component of Dylan and Paul Simon and guys like Neil Young. So uh, all of that, all of that sort of, sort of comes out in, and what I and what I like to do, um, and I like to do so many things. I like so many things so much that that I've realized that I have to something has to give because you can't give people too much information. Like, you know, if you heard Stevie Wonder did this version of uh, "Blowing in the Wind" at this commemorative, this commemorative Bob Dylan uh, 
benefit concert years ago. And it's really good. I mean, I, and you will not find someone to love Stevie Wonder more than me. But he, he you know, it's Stevie. He's, he's doing a Bob Dylan thing. And it, and it works, but there's, like, so many verses. And uh, Stevie's such an amazing singer uh, that it almost doesn't, it doesn't, of course it doesn't translate like Dylan because Dil- Dylan doesn't have a, technically a great voice. Yeah. And the way Stevie was doing it, it just brought a lot of information to the listener. You know what I'm saying? So you're like, this is just a lot. It's a beautiful song, but when you hear Blowing in the Wind by Dylan, it's palatable. It's right to your face because it's all synthesized naturally. Um, So I found that to be a challenge for me. You know, um, I stopped really worrying about being an amazing singer and stopped worrying about being an amazing player and just worried, worry more about how to just have a synthesized expression that, that connects both with me and the listener. So, um, I do a lot of that. And then, and then as far as lyrics, um, Walker Percy, who's a ca- Catholic, um, Catholic writer, uh, really, really in- informs a lot of, of, of how I approach my, my writing. Um, his book, The Movie Goer, and Lost in the Cosmos, and Lancelot, I think a lot. And then a lot of, and then James Baldwin's book, Go, T- Go Tell It on the Mountain. A lot of, a lot of early books that I read, I think, early to mid twenties really, uh, for some reason I latched onto the language and I just, I just use those themes a lot now still basically all the time. (laughs) I don't, I don't veer too much from that. I I think so. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Okay. Um, you know, this, this might not even apply to you, but are you, are you doing, are you developing anything right now? Are you working on any, any new music or new projects right now for like later this year or next year? Yeah, I start, I'm, I'm starting a new project uh, with another guitar player uh, from Atlanta. I live in Brooklyn now, but we've been collaborating for the better part of the last year. Uh, and it's called Dwayne Shivers. Uh, and a lot of the... It's more of sort of like a blues act, but um, the guitar player that I'm working with is a fantastic improvisational guitarist. Is a jazz studies major at FSU, so we're trying to let's just, uh, kind of to the same conversation we just had. We're just trying to figure out. We've got a lot of information. We're just figuring out how to yeah. distill it and say it right. But it, but it'll be more of a musical act, you know. There'll yeah. be a lot more instrument instrumentation, yeah. and it won't be just kind of what I do, which is just singer songwriter, yeah. you know. Yeah. Cool. Um, okay, my last question for you. Um, uh, and I'm really interested in this because uh, you you kind of took a risk on us by coming to this event, and you know, uh, which we appreciate. But I, I love I love the fact that you are honest enough to say, like, you know, what 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 is this place? What am I getting myself into? And so so I kind of you know now that you've been here for about 24 hours or so, um, just curious to get your impressions of escape to the lake just the event and what what you thought yeah i think well i think it's i think it's beautiful and i I, I have to commend you for taking the initiative to to really organize a subgroup of people uh and, and artists you know that largely are um you know anybody anybody that's played i'm sure you can talk to don Lori or uh Steven, you know, it's, it's hard, it's hard, obviously hard to make a living doing what we're doing. And especially when you're, when you're not necessarily welcomed with open arms in the club scene or the church scene. Um, if there's a, if there's a place where there's a sense of belonging and where people are like, we have your records, we love your music and let's sort of share in that. And people get together and play music and appreciate one another. I think that's always a good idea. <laughs> so the fact that, it, that it's organized and it's ticketed and that, um, so there's sort of, as artists, we're being affirmed and we're also, you know, practically we're on a beautiful lake with great, great, um, a lot of awesome things to do. Um, I think it's, I think it's a win-win and I, I'm excited to see what happens in the future. Yeah. Yeah. Good. That's awesome. You guys have a question? Here, let me uh, let me pass this to you. Okay. My name is Jeff Taranjo. I'm from Houston, Texas. My question for you is: uh, My brother-in-law writes books, 
and he told me that one of the hardest thing he has to do when he writes is to edit himself because the creative process makes it to where he has so much that pours out of him and he has to figure out a way to rein it in so it's not so much that the reader is overwhelmed with too many details or too sparse in some areas. And what I wanted to know and ask you is, what are, you, what are some of the ways that you get feedback as an artist so that you can hone your craft through your writing process and through the presentation process? Yeah, that's a, that's a really good question. I think, I think it's an ongoing, uh, the editing process, I, I would imagine for a novelist or a writer, it would not be that different than that of a, the songwriter in that you, well, I mean, I, I can never be a novelist just because, because the amount, the volume that they're normally taking on a song. I can, I'm writing a three-minute song, largely, three to four minutes. So if it doesn't work, I'll, I'll, I'll try another one tomorrow, you know. Uh, when you're talking about a body of work or an album, it's still a little bit just li more limited in scope. But I think um, what I've tried to do is find r the right people to bring it to, people that have a similar sensibility, and I, and I trust I trust their uh, kind of way of looking at art and looking at the world. When I was younger, I would, I would play my songs for anybody, people that weren't even in t really interested in music and I would say what do you think and they'd be like that's you need to try to be more like you know whoever ex artist who I wasn't even a fan of so i think that's one thing that's really served me well is is expo trying to expose and kind of workshop the songs in front of um ears that i really 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 trust and um the second some sort of one of the benefits of being a singer-songwriter is you can try it in a set and open your eyes and, and try to... There's a psychology there of trying to get a read. And, and a lot of people are stoic, and a lot of people you can't read, but a lot of uh, you can get a sense of, uh, of how people are reacting to the song in a very... Uh, um, I don't know, just in a really natural way. And, and then to that effect, going out after the set and talking to people, people say, you know, people will say pretty immediately either nothing <laughs> or they will say, I like this song or I like when you did this. I really put a lot of value on that because I think connecting with at the end of the day, what we what I do that may be different than a writer is really I'm trying I'm really trying to connect with human beings on a regular basis. So. Uh, those are some things that work for me, and then some. And then there also, you, you, I feel like I, I've got, I got, I get to a point where I have a sense that a song is is done. You know, I just got done with one the other day that I've been wrestling on and off for three years, and and it finally feels right. And I'll and I'll still do the, I'll still take it, play it, maybe maybe submit it to a couple friends, but then at the end of the day, you just have to let it fly, I guess. So. I don't know if that's helpful or... Yeah, that's awesome. All right, thanks, man. All right, cool. Appreciate it. I am really, really, really glad that Micah Dalton was able to make it out to Escape to the Lake in 2014. It was so great to get to know him, and uh, he's such a fantastic songwriter, very thoughtful person, as you can tell by the, this interview, and his live performance on the main stage that year got rave reviews from lots of people in the audience, um, and if you want to check out more of his music, um, I think think his solo music page is still out there and active micadalton.com however um, all of his new music comes through uh, his his duo name Dwayne Shivers and DwayneShivers.com is the website for that um, and you can find him on social media I think under both of those names so um, hope that uh, you got to know him and his music a bit better on today's Green Room Door. If you like getting to know more about the artists behind the music and get to know their hearts a bit, uh, you can check out some of our past interviews that we just recently did on Green Room Door, including uh, interviews with Christopher Williams, Andrew Greer, Fernando Ortega, Chris and Jenna, and Jesse McNeil. Uh, you, can all, you can find all those interviews 
at our website, our parent organization website, which is utrmedia.org. At that same website, you can also uh, listen to or subscribe to our other uh, podcasts like Gourmet Music Podcast, Release Dates, or Good Patron. Uh, you can also check out some special video presentations we have. In fact, we just posted uh, in the last couple of weeks two new um, song performances by Son of Laughter and Giants and Pilgrims. Um, you can also get our um, album, Live at Escape to the Lake, Volume 4, and other goodies. All that is at our website, utrmedia.org. I mentioned earlier in the show how we uh, can't be here without the help and support and generosity of folks like you um, to help keep this nonprofit ministry going so that we can create a platform that um, uh, is an encouragement and also a benefit to um, independent uh, faith-based artists as well as uh, folks who love well-crafted music. So, um, if that uh, is something you would like to get behind and support, you can actually give a pre-campaign gift to our Build-A-Thon 2017 campaign right now at that same website, utrmedia.org. Of course, don't forget to rate and review the podcast wherever you listen to it. I'm Dave Trout, and I will talk to you again next time on Green Room Door, which is a production of UTR Media an independent, listener-supported, nonprofit ministry in Chicago, Illinois, and online at utrmedia.org.